Card Games TV One podcast. The effect Zenkai cards are going to have in the in the game, or what I think about it. Personally, whenever they add something new to the game, it doesn't change the game up that much. Granted, people are going to be using the cards. People are going to be playing the game. Well, clearly the the, the like for example, I use um. What is it called? Unisons. Unisons were added to the game, and it definitely uh, made it where we can do certain things. But the irony is, is that all they did was become permanents, basically, right? You put them on the board, and they stay on the field for a long period of time until your opponent puts time and effort trying to get rid of it, which a lot of times wasn't worth it because it was just a waste of resources and time that you typically don't have, especially if you're playing competitively. So you just let, typically just let the unison just stay there. And a lot of times the unison would be a, would be an advantage for their, for, for your opponent, right? If it stays on the field too long, it becomes an advantage after a while. <clears throat> but, you know, <laughs> sorry, one way of combating it was to, you know, play your own unison and gain advantage, um, your own advantage through that and try to out advantage your opponent, right? out-resource them, out-play them. Sometimes it's through the effect of a counterplay, right? Um, obviously, stuff like gas-sealing trunks, without, uh, you know, unisons, gas-sealing trunks wouldn't be that uh, useful. One, your opponent would have to keep five energy up just to use gas-sealing trunks if it wasn't for the fact that unisons exist, right? Uh, same thing goes with any of the other counterplays that requires a unison in order to play for free. Obviously. Because imagine if you had to pay for those cards. They wouldn't be that, they wouldn't be as popular um, as they currently are. So, stuff like that, you know, when you have cards like that, that people want to play, that forces them to play something else, then of course inherently, you're going to have you know that the new addition you add to the game is going to be used, right? It's going to become, it's going to be, it's going to become a part of the game, a normal part of the game. But the irony with that is that it causes the game not to change too much, because certain cards are just going to serve the same purpose as other cards, or they're just going to replace other cards, right? And then it just becomes the norm that way. But in people's minds, you know, especially the way people play and stuff like that and build decks, not much is going to change, right? They're going to be using something different, right? But the reason they're using it is still going to be the same. It's still going to stay the same, right? It's not like Zenkai is going to add new methods of dealing damage or new methods of, um, you know, of winning or anything like that. Right? It's it's just gonna do a lot of the same stuff that we already was doing. Alright. For example, one thing I do see that is going to be a little different when Zenkai the Zenkai cards are added is the fact that you will always have access to um, certain tech cards. Um, right, you you won't have to try to main deck board wipes when you can always just have a Zenkai 
as a board wipe, right? And currently we, we do have one now. We do have one in blue. I think there's one in red as well. But obviously a lot of the cards haven't been spoiled yet. So we're still waiting and we'll, we'll see what will and will not be uh, popular, right? But, you know, obviously having uh, something with, something with uh, board wipe capabilities, something with draw power abilities, uh, something with something that can be used as a finisher, um, you know, things like that, right? Um, you know, might even have something that gives something an, an ability, a skill, like double strike or something. Like, oh, I play this Zenkai battle card or this Z leader, and now, bang, right? I, I give something double strike. And that thing that I gave double strike is really strong, like uh, ultimate or something. Let's say it's a 40k ultimate that can attack twice. Now you give it double strike. Now it can deal two damage twice, right? <laughs> and it's 40k base power. So with that, you know, it's not that hard to, you know, turn something into, into a wind car. And you always have access to it. So that's the only, the only slight difference is that you're, you're guaranteed something. Right, you're guaranteed to have something you can use. For example, um, the Gogeta uh, Z leader, um, the fact that it's 100k printed, pretty much once you play it, it's going to act on your opponent's turn because it's still going to be 100k printed leader on your opponent's turn, right? It's going to still be, I mean, it's going to act like a. Um, Floodgate Negate or uh, Baby Hatchet. It's going to act a lot like Baby Hatchet, right? It's going to act like a really, really strong Senzu Beam, basically, right? Just going to make it hard for your opponent to try to get over it to do the damage. So there's a high probability that you're going to get another turn. So the fact that you can you can do that, like you can try to go for game and it's like, ah, oh, damn, I was so close for winning, but my opponent was able to survive this turn, right? All right. Especially as a counter. Like, let's say you try to go for game, right? And your opponent's like, oh, baby hatchet. You're like, damn it. All right. Let me see. Would it work? Yeah, you, you, you could do it any time. Not just battle. If, if I'm right, I could be wrong. But uh, if I'm right, you could just Z, Z awaken. Um, even on your main phase, right? So you don't have to be in battle, battle step in order to uh, Z awaken. Could be wrong um, that Gogeta might specifically have to be played during uh, battle, but if not, then you could just play it right and then end your turn. Now you have a 100k leader to protect you, especially from the 40k baby hat check your point has on the other side of the field, right? So that could be like that'd be your way of countering the fact that they drop a baby hat check on you. So you could potentially get another turn after out of that, and then on the next turn, you know, try to go for game, right? So that kind of stuff. So that's the, the you know, the, some of the things I see that's possible with, uh, you know, the Zenkai, Zenkai, Zenkai cards, the Z cards. I just call them Z cards. The Z Kai, uh, Z cards. Um, is just that you know, it's the fact that it's something there that you could rely on. Especially the idea of being able to have a board wipe that you can rely on. Especially if you end up in a scenario where your opponent um, prevented you from 
um, you know, start hand looping you or something like, like hand destruction, and you have very little cards in your hands or you end up with no cards in your hands, the fact that you can still, you know, play something, especially a border wipe on command to kind of buy you an extra turn. So that's the thing. The fact that you can board wipe on, you know, at any time in the game, essentially, as long as you could afford it, right? Um, comes in handy, especially late, late game is when you really want the board wipe. That's when you need board wipes the most is late game. It's like, all right, I need to survive one more turn. So then you board wipe and try to survive a turn, especially if you're board wiping for the purpose of, you know, trying to stall basically, right? The whole board wipe in your turn and then you're hoping your opponent takes their time charging and energy, playing some cards, activating effects, this, that, and the third, right? You know, attacking, comboing, you comboing, you know, all those steps, right? And hopefully that all adds up. Uh, Time-wise, it adds up to um, your opponent end up, you know, running out of time and hopefully you have more life than your opponent and you win in time, that kind of stuff, right? So that's one of the many things that I see. Um, I keep hearing something, there was this video about launch, a launch deck, I kept hearing something about burn. And I think it's a, a Z battle card that burns. And I like that. It's like, well, I'm definitely gonna be using that in my red decks, my Bomas and stuff like that, use that card. I think it's a Super Saiyan 4 Goku um, Z battle card. So, I have, I, I, uh, you know, I have to go try to find, you know, a lot of the images for the Z cards, so that way I can have a, so I can look at them and read them and you know find out which, which ones are good. I only, I only know a few of them that were, that were, you know, that were um, spoiled, <clears throat> but there's other ones that were technically spoiled. They're just spoiled in different locations. I just gotta go find them because there's a, a new five drop. I think it's five drop, right? Or they didn't have a cost. That's what it was. Didn't have a cost. But there's a new Hatchyak battle card. Um, uh, definitely know it's not a Z card. So it's a definitely a battle card. So it's like it's a black battle card. It's a Hatchyak, and it's like okay, we'll have to see what that does. See what that's about. See if it makes you know Hatchyak stronger, right? So we'll see. Um, so it, it was just cool to see that that's a thing, but it's like you didn't know its effect. Like there was no information. You just got an image, the borders, and that's it. So you know it's a black battle card. You know it's a hatchback card, but you don't know what it does, right? You don't know the power, the cost, or anything. I just assume it might be a five drop, or maybe a three drop. It has to. It definitely has to be between three and seven. So from three drop all the way up to a seven drop. Or a five drop that could become an eight call, an eight drop, right? Obviously, on how the leader works, because we have like one five drop that counts as an eight drop. So I wouldn't be surprised. It's a, a new version of that. But anyway, you know, um, it's going to be interesting to see um, what Z cards, you know, Z leaders, Z battle cards, even if they do Z unisons. I, I see a potential in that as the unison. And, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But realistically, all it is is just basically 
a trump card basically right it's just the idea that's like at any given moment as long as you have energy right it's the energy and regular energy there's options and the, the interesting thing about this is that it can open up the potential of playing uh, less cards or less specific cards in your deck because you make up for it with your Z cards. So your Z cards will be... So another way of looking at it is that your, your Z deck will act like a, a side deck that you can use while you're playing as opposed to, you know, pre-siding, right? The funny thing is you're going to still have the ability to side deck, right? So you, could, you can pre-side best of one and still have access to tech cards, you know, spice as they say. So it's just going to be a spice deck. That's all it really is. We're just going to tech in some spice into our Z decks and then go from there. Which is not that big of a deal. It's going to be good. I'm not saying that it's, you know, it's like, oh, this is bad. No one's going to use this stuff. It's like, oh, obviously people are going to use it and abuse it but for me it's like it's not going to change the game that much you know the game is still going to be played the same way it's still going to be the same basic shit you know same concepts the same outcomes right the same win cons it's going to still be the same like not much is going to change when the z cards come in but there's a lot of people there that you know they just see it as the game changing just because it's some new shit being added to the game, they think, you know, the game is changing fundamentally. It's like, no, no. Fundamentally, the game is not changing. The game hasn't even changed since it came out. Right? It has barely changed. Because um, that's why we still use a whole bunch of cards from set one and two. Because the game hasn't changed that much. But a lot of people see it as the game has changed because, one, they're chasing new archetypes whenever a new set drops. They just want to play this stuff in the new set. They'll, 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 they'll take in some, some old school spice, some, some cards from old sets to boost up these new decks, but that's about it. Other than that, they're just chasing what's new. <clears throat> so for them, in their mind, the game is changing. The game is different. You know, like, oh, we got unisons now. That, that makes the game so different. It's like, oh, not really. Not really. It gives us something else to do, yes, but... And it doesn't change the, the core aspect of the game. We still got to do attacks and negates and combo and, you know, and stuff like that. And try to outsmart our opponent, right, by, you know, playing things that have dual attacks. So that way it makes their negates uh, not as effective, right? Where they have to use floodgate negates instead of regular single one attack negating effect. Because dual attack can attack twice, right? So stopping the first attack means nothing because there's a second one. And let's say you don't have the ability to negate the attacks, then there's two attacks coming your way. So it's like, you know, you're screwed either way, you know, and that's all it is. You know, we're always gonna try to find ways to overcome things, right? We're always gonna try to find solutions to problems. Let me pause for a second. Zenkai! Zenkai, what, what, what about Zenkai? What, what, what makes Zenkai so good at making people go crazy for Zenkai? It's just funny that people want, uh, you know, certain leaders, certain cars to be banned and stuff like that. It's like, okay, that's excessive. Um, 
I'm not against like, you know, like restricting and whatnot, certain cars, if they become too uh, problematic, especially if it promotes the idea of, um, you know, the, you have to play a certain deck, there's no point in playing anything else, right? Type of um, environment. You know, we want some level of diversity, you know, it just makes it more fun that way when you have, you know, 80% of the format is one specific deck, then you know there's a problem. And usually that's when Bandai or any other card company comes in and tries to, you know, balance things out, try to make it where it's like the, the percentage of, of what's being played isn't, you know, a, one specific deck or leader or whatnot. They want, you know, they want to promote a certain level of variety. Because think about the irony that a lot of people could be playing Hatchack right now, right? They could <laughs> be playing Hatchack. Um, and that literally what, what all the games would be, just just basically just Hatchack mirror matches. But it's not, and largely it's because of the player base, right? Which is why it always annoys me when uh, players try to blame you know, the card company, right, Bandai, for, in this example, we'll try to blame Bandai for, you know, what people are playing, you know, what, you know, is broken or, or tier zero or whatever, and that's bullshit because it's the players to decide what they play, what they don't play, you know, clearly, most people know that I seem to play different than how everybody else plays, Which is why I still play certain old leaders while people keep jumping onto the new leaders. Whenever a new set comes, they want to try out the new stuff. Even though, I've met, met, mentioned it before, nothing's really new. Every, everything is just a, just a reskin, a remade, a remixed, right? <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Repainted, you know, redesigned version of every of, of things of the past right old stuff you know like for example gamma one and two is just trying to be the new uh super saiyan 3 goku right leader right um the new uh crimson warrior goku right pretty much just the new soul striker you know or pseudo soul striker soul striker 2.0 whatever you want to call it right it's like yeah and there's gonna be other another deck that's gonna be like, oh, that's Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta, right? That's a ramp leader, right? That's a leader that ramps, right? There's gonna be stuff like that, right? You know, aggro decks are aggro decks, control decks are control decks, and the list goes on how every deck is pretty much the same deck. It just looks different, that's all, right? Like a unison deck that, that uses a lot of unisons, but it grows very aggro and you know it's it's still an aggro deck right it's an aggro deck it's just okay you're going aggro with unisons whoop do you freaking do there's just a different type of card but it's still the same premise right you're still playing a whole bunch of things to attack with so nothing really new there you know if you play aggro you know you already know how to play that that strategy because that's pretty basic strategy it's just aggro but with different card types. Just like field con field field control, right? Field card control, right? Using those field extra cards, 
right? And doing having some type of engine where you could just recycle and just do the same thing over and over again. It's not that different from many other engines, not that different from many other decks that, you know, have reusable uh, resources, right? So then it just becomes a resource game. Um, there's leaders out there that are similar, or at least there's strategies out there that are similar to like Hatch Yak, right? Like, for example, Android 21 that brings, that brings out, and Android 18 that brings out the uh, Android 21 scheme field card. Pretty much, it's like the blue version of Hatch Yak. Essentially, it's, it's a strategy that slows the game down. So it definitely hurts aggro players. Then you just throw in, you know, uh, a boo unit, a Majin Buu unison. And then now you have a draw engine, energy untap engine, right? A lot like Soul Striker, right? Plus you got a blocker, plus an attacker, right? So, and then of course you have an ability that you can use on your opponent's turn. So just got a lot of power there slowing your opponent down, controlling your opponent's board. So it's not that, you know, it's not that surprising, you know, with the right, uh, you know, setup of cards and the right leader, you can mimic the abilities of another leader, the strength of another guy. Like for example, you know, there, there's, there's leaders specifically with the intention of a mill strategy. But then some people was able to take Android 21 and Android 18 and make a mill deck out of it. You know what I mean? They were, they were able to, to exploit a certain aspect. Now, it's been errated, the, the full power Frieza that's used in the mill strategy because it's busted, um, obviously. So since she's a turn five win con, if, you, if everything works, you know, plays itself out properly, right? But they errated it so it doesn't hit tokens, so it has drastically weakened that strategy. You can still play the strategy. It just won't be as powerful as it you know once was, right? But just look at the way that it wasn't originally meant to be mill, but people made it into mill. Um, and you know one aspect of mill is being able to slow your opponent down, slow the game down, right? Keep your defenses up so you can stay in the game long enough to mill your opponent out. Either by them drawing a whole bunch of cards or you making them mill and they drawing a bunch of cards, you know, that combination. And them running out of cards, right? And hopefully they're playing a 50 card deck while you play a 60 card deck. So that way they mill, they deck out before you do. So there's stuff like that but of course you know time rules is a thing so if you don't mill them fast enough hopefully you make sure their life is less than yours so that we can win in time because you know that's a thing <laughs> and I've experienced uh, losing to time even though I had the advantage and I was just one attack away from winning time gets called and it's like oh that's unfortunate that got in the way. But I've been practicing, obviously, getting good with playing within 30 minutes and doing the most within 30 minutes. So that's a thing.
that's what I'm saying. It's like then kind of stuff will add to certain strategies. Will add to you know to the game, but won't drastically change the game. It'll add to the game, but won't change. And the thing I hate is when people try to act like the game is complicated. It's like, oh my god, these new things are going to make the game even more complicated. It's like, the game is not even complicated in the first place. It's not rocket science. I would know. It's not rocket science. The game is not like chess. Right? It's not complicated. It's not infinite possibilities. There's a lot you can do in the game, yes, but it all boils down to the same thing. Because there's, there's more than one way to get to a certain outcome. It's just a matter of time, right? You either mill your opponent fast, or you mill them slow, or you deal them a lot of damage fast, or you deal them a lot of damage slow, right? It's one or the other. So you either do it quickly or slowly. That's about it. So like I said, the game is simple. It's like, do you want to you know, win with some, t win with catastrophic blow, or do you want to, you know, you know, win by uh, paying 16 energy with your Beerus leader and just automatically win? Like, it's up to you to decide how you want to win and how fast or slow you want to do it, right? Now, obviously, with time being a factor, like, competitively, you want to win fast, obviously. Um, and then there's also the fact that, you know, multiple rounds, you know, you might be tired, especially if you travel to the event, and then you have to stay at the event for, you know, a long period of time, then you got to travel back home, so you might not want to spend too much time uh, playing, so you rather win fast or lose fast, right? One of those two outcomes, because the game is going to end one way or another, right? Winning or losing, it just, you rather it be faster than slower, right? You've probably been in a scenario where, um, you know, even if you won, you you weren't happy because it took so long. It's like, damn, this took me like an hour and a half in order to win this game. I should have I should have been able to win faster than that. So then you gotta look back at deck, look back at the duel, right, the match, and see what you can do to speed it up, right. But like I said, since time is a factor in tournaments, you gotta, you know, when you when you play test, right? You wanna play test with time um, because that is that's important. Like the way the game feels feels totally different when when you have when you don't have that much time. When you don't have that much time, the game feels different. Like just recently, I played a game and <clears throat> I took a little too long to play certain cards, make certain decisions. And that cost me literally time. It cost me time that would have helped me to um, win out the game. So I ended up losing in time in that scenario. But if I had, but if I didn't take too long in those other turns, it would have been different. Obviously, I can also, you know, be like, well, my opponent also took long to play their turn, so that further reduced my time. But that's the thing. It's like. You can't control how much time your opponent wastes, but you can control how much time you waste. So you don't want to waste that much time. You want to you want to conserve as much time as, as possible. You want to get the most out of your time. 
right? And that's where turn ramping comes into play, where you're trying to speed up your turns, right? Not, not trying to take too long on your turn, but definitely don't want your opponent to take too long on their turn, so you want to try to speed things up a little bit. So practicing that strategy, practicing um, making it where your opponent has to end their turn faster than they normally would, because normally they might want to take long, but you want to speed things up. And of course, the way you do that is through card effects. You can't can't be telling your opponent, "Oh, you slow play, you play faster." Right? That's just a little ignorant. Sometimes people just do it um, at the wrong time to do it. Like, I mean, I had a scenario like that where somebody kept telling me that I'm slow playing, even though I wasn't. It's just that I wasn't playing as fast as he wanted me to because he wanted to be rushed. He wanted to rush me, so that's the thing. He was rushing me. Not that I was slow playing, he was just rushing me. So, that's the thing. And there are some people who are, you know, a little narcissistic. Um, I've noticed that. Who feel like they definitely have the game in the bag. I don't know where, where they get that idea sometimes. They don't realize that they're actually at a disadvantage. That I'm in the winning position, not them. And then they try to rush me. I remember that you know one guy I was playing against he was trying to rush me pretty bad but doesn't realize like okay you want me to speed up my turn but this is my kill turn I'm going to drop turning the tides right now I'm just trying to draw into it I have everything I need for turning the tide I just need to turn the tide himself so right now I'm activating the effects I'm drawing this and third trying to get to the turning the tide and then I drew it then I played it then it was game then he wanted to rush over to the next game real quick. Like, okay, you're in a hurry to get to the next game, huh? You probably thought you were going to win this game, th this this game, but you didn't because I turned it tied you. And that's the thing. It's like, it's pointless to try to rush me, you know, trying to just rush me through saying that I'm slow playing, right? So accusing me of slow playing so that way, you know, he can be like, you know, that way he can act like he wasn't rushing me. Right? It's the reverse psychology concept, right? Accusing me of slow playing so that way I would try to play faster, which means I can make mistakes, I can misplay. That's what he's hoping for. He's hoping that I'll, you know, be like, oh, I'm not slow playing. Don't say I'm slow playing and try to play faster. It's like, nah, I'm not, a, I don't fall for them tricks. You know, trick me. I know I'm not slow playing because, because <laughs> you are. So I know the difference between slow playing and not slow playing. And I know I don't I don't try to take too long to play my turns anyway, because I already have my my, my I have my, my my turns planned out ahead of time, before even we, before we even played this game, months years in advance I already know what I'm gonna do on turn three, turn four right turn one turn two like I already know what I'm gonna do on all these turns I'm gonna, I know what I'm gonna do on turn five turn six turn seven turn eight right I already know what I plan to do, whether I do it or not that's up to me obviously but. Typically, I do nine out of ten times. I'm going to do what I'm what I plan to do. Turn four, I'm going to play my four drop. Turn five, I'm going to play my five drop. Right, as an example. Turn seven, turn in tight. Right, as an example. So I already know what I'm going to do before I do it. So that's not a that's not not up for debate. The thing is, is that I notice a lot of players have a habit of thinking that you know every turn it's different. Every every turn 
you know, they have to do, they have to play that turn differently than they normally do. It's like, no, no, play your three drop on turn three, play your four drop on turn four. Just play the deck the way you build it to, to be played. Don't worry about what your opponent is doing, unless they're doing something like really, really problematic where it's like, yeah, I can't ignore that. That will, that will cost me the game. If I ignore it, then that's different. You know, obviously, I'm not, I'm not against pivoting, right? I'm not against uh, changing your plans um, based off of what your opponent does. But a lot of times, I'll say uh, seven out of ten times, you're going to just play your four drop on turn four. There's those three, those three chances, right? Three possibilities, right? Three times, I mean, that you'll probably have to play something different. Probably play a three drop and keep one energy up for a negate or something, right? As an example. So there are times where you have to change what you're doing. But other than that, typically, you don't have to change much. Right? You just play what you're going to play. Um, this is why it's always annoying when some people look at my decks and then negatively judge them, judge my decks not realizing what what my decks is capable of <clears throat> it's like if they knew how i think they knew how i play which is why i built the decks the way i built them then they will understand like oh, okay this is why you play these cards and you built this deck this deck this way that way you know what's ironic is i've shown time and time again how consistent i am on being able to do six to seven damage that it's like I don't need to do much. I don't need to play too many things. I don't need to play gasoline trunks or anything like that, right? I don't. I don't have to play tech cards or spice or uh, cards, you know, cards specifically to help me um, deal with certain problematic cards. Like I don't need a card specifically for turning the ties or a card specifically for for cell Zeno or cards specifically for a hand control deck or so forth. So forth. like I don't need to play anything specifically for specific situations, specific matchups, right? I'll just play some good generic stuff, right? I'll play cards that can get rid of battle cards with, you know, ignoring barrier. In case I end up going up against some, you know, a, a battle card that has barrier or two of them, right? I'll play stuff that lets me draw cards. Why not, right? They're, you know, drawing cards is good, obviously, but you know, if I end up going against hand control, well, good thing I have a whole bunch of cards to draw cards. Because that's, hand control is going to be a problem, right? If I don't, you know, I can't beat my opponent if I don't have cards to beat them with, right? So, it's good that I have draw cards. That's why, you know, saving your leader's awakening ability, you know, if your leader draws two cards when it awakens, it's a good idea to save that. You know, I've been promoting that idea for a long time. Like, those people who literally laughed at me, made fun of me for the whole not awakening idea the whole idea of like you know i try not to awaken early or sometimes not even at all like i try to save my awaken and they thought that was a crazy idea like that was stupid and they try to make fun of me for that it's like what I try to say i'm a bad player for not wanting to awaken my leader i'm like what are you even listening to what i'm saying to the reason for it i'm not saying that oh i don't like to awaken my leader because i like how cool the front side of my leader looks. So I, that's why I don't awaken because it looks, you know, the art on the front looks so cool. Like I'm not, you know, coming up with a stupid reason for not awakening my leader. No, I'm 
giving a good legit reason to not waken my leader because I use my leader's awaken ability for a combo or a strategy. It's part of my win con. Untapping to energy is part of my dex win con, right? As an example. So I will save it for that. Or drawing two cards in case I, you know, my opponent drops Cell Zeno on me. It'd be that'd be the best time to, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, wait. You know, when he attacks, obviously awaken, draw two cards, and then go from there. You know, and, and make the most of it, because at least I have two extra cards after I lost three cards, right? Um, if somebody drops perfect four cell and drops my 30 card hand down to three cards, having a, a leader that draws two cards on the when it awakens will be very helpful in that situation. You know? Or if I'm in a scenario where my opponent only have two cards in my hands, and let's say there were negates, and then my opponent rebrands me, now I lost both those cards, now I can't defend myself. It'll be nice to have a leader that awakens, draw two cards, and hopefully give me a fighting chance. You know, hopefully I can out-combo the attack, or at least survive that attack going through, and then be able, hopefully I drew a negate, right, and use that negate on the next attack. Hopefully a floodgate negate, like an Oceanus or something, or a baby hatchet or something, to help me survive that turn, right? So it's just, it's just funny that people wanted to make fun of me for saying that, you know, I don't try to awaken my leader it's not always necessary to awaken a leader um, early in the game. It's better to save it for the right moment. And it's funny how that was a joke. Like, that was funny. Like, oh, well, that's stupid. Why would you Why would you not awaken your leader early? Like, that's dumb. You're a bad player, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what? No, that, that says something different. That, says, that doesn't say I'm bad at the game or I'm dumb. That says you're a bad player. You're dumb. That's what that says. Because you're disagreeing with me without even understanding me. But oh well. <sighs> Which is why, you know, like when I talk about like, like Zenkai, the Z cards is not going to change the, the game that much. You know, I said that much. Not that it's not going to, you know, the game's not going to be a little different because, well, obviously it's going to be a little different because we're going to have different, you know, extra cards we can play with. You know, we're going to have cards, you know, we, we're going to have essentially an extra deck like in Yu-Gi-Oh, right? We're going to have access to cards we can play at any given time in the game without without having them in our hands in the first place. So that's a, uh, you know, uh, reliable, always available resource that's powerful. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Yu-Gi-Oh player, and I, and I was using... The extra deck when it used to be called a fusion deck and i was using it before anyone else you know was actually using it right one of the few people in the beginning that was actually using the fusion deck before elemental heroes was a thing and the standard there and everybody else started using the extra deck i was already using it um so i'm already a fan of the idea of having access to cards, you know, whenever I feel like it, whenever I need it, you know, essentially a toolbox. So the Z deck is essentially a toolbox. It's my version of a side deck. Since I don't actually use a side deck, I'm obviously a fan of extra, an extra deck where I can put some spice 
put a board wipe in there whenever I need it, right? So I was like, oh, time to board wipe. Boom, play board wipe from my Z deck instead of playing something from my hand, right? I'm gonna use it. I'm not saying that like, oh, that's not gonna change the game much, so I'm not gonna use these cards. Like, no, no, I'm gonna use use these cards. I already, I already have my eyes on a couple cards. I am looking for other cards. Um, definitely, we just got some black um, Z cards, um, so that's nice. Plus some new black cards in general for Hatch Yak. We got a nice uh, uh, black unison uh, that has a board wipe ability, so that's gonna be nice. Um, obviously, mono black Hatch Yak is gonna enjoy that unison. That's gonna be a staple in Hatch Yak, among other things. Um, like I said, there's some new some new toys. There's a new Dark Broly Hatch Yak my played. I mean, any black deck will, will more likely play it because it has some effects. <sighs> Sorry. So it's a good card, so I do expect more players to play it. Um, plus, it has the ability that when you play it, you can warp one of your points battle cards, so obviously that'd be good in Hatch Yag, especially in a Hatch Yag deck where the deck warps a lot that would be a good card warp 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 definitely be good in mass and the and the mass king uh archetype um what else zenkai what new zenkai stuff well i mentioned there are you know some zenkai leaders it's gonna be interesting there's a zenkai janimba leader so <laughs> and i'm already been tweaking uh, with uh, to, you know uh, working out work you know I've been messing with um, j mill you know mill Janimba right so the Janimba mill deck so I've been working on that and um, I hope uh, depending on the ruling I'm hoping that um, the five cost ruling does not apply to the Z deck um, that'd be awesome if the five if if the leader's permit does not apply to the Z deck, then you can't have uh, five cost, six cost, seven cost, right? Uh, uh, Z battle cards. Um, so that's gonna be interesting. Um, oh shit! I didn't I didn't double check. Oh snap! Oh no! But that doesn't change much of anything. Well, well, we'll see. I was gonna say like, oh shit! The the new Janimba leader, if I'm right doesn't have the, the restriction where you can't have five costs or higher in your deck. But the thing is, is when we start the game off, you automatically just can't have five costs or higher in your deck. But, you know, it doesn't say in your in your decks or Z deck or whatever, right? Um, unless they want to errata the Janemba leader and include the Z deck. I hope they don't. So that way I can have access to a five drop um, board wipe. Um, that'd be cool. So obviously these are types of things we're looking into. So, you know, the Z cards are going to, you know, power boost. I agree they're going to Zenkai boost a lot of uh, decks and strategies. And they're going to make certain decks bring back, you know, they're going to make certain old decks viable again. But that's what, that's what always happens with like new sets, new mechanics, new cards, new, um, new, you know, new card types. They, they, they tend to bring back, you know, bring old cards old strategies back to life but again 
you know, since they're old strategies, the game ain't changing that much. It's like, okay, we're just going back to doing things the way we used to do it. So it's not, so we're not really moving forward whenever new shit comes out. We tend to move backwards when new shit comes out because it makes the old shit better, right? We, we look back in the past and look through the card pool and find some old spice, like some old good, you know, some, some goodies, cards that weren't that good, but now are good. And we go, so we, we tend to, every time we take one step forward, we take two steps back. So that's why it's, you know, it's funny to be like, oh, the game, you know, it's gonna change, it's gonna be different. It's like, no, we're gonna take two steps back. So the game is not gonna be different like different than the past it's gonna be we're gonna take two steps back so we're just gonna go back to an old older format where we were playing a certain way like for a long while people were like oh yeah you know aggro's dead aggro's dead and look at us now aggro 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 <laughs> so it's like no every time we take one step forward we're always taking two steps back you know um ironically i just don't take that many steps forward <laughs> i prefer to stay in the back right i prefer the, the you know the, the the old the old school cars I look to, I look you know towards the future for potential um, possibilities of cards coming out that upgrades and power up my old you know my old decks the decks that I you know I like and play because um, think about it, there ain't that many hatchback leaders for example there's only one I would like them to make a couple more right that way there'd be some variety. That way I could play a different hatchback. That way when I say, uh, oh, I'm playing hatchback, there, there, no one is like, ah, oh, hatchback. <laughs> because there's only one hatchback. So of course, people, when I say hatchback, everybody already knows, like, oh, that hatchback. There's only one hatchback, so clearly I already know what you're playing. Like, yeah. But if we have more than one hatchback leader in the game, then it's like, you don't know which one unless I tell you which one it is, right? You know? <sighs> Plus, I would, I would like to just, you know, see something different right like what else can we do with hatchback right if the first hatchback leader has a floodgate right ability that makes it hard for um your opponent to attack with a lot of battle cards right basically anti-aggro what other anti um hatchback deck can you build can you make an anti well technically we have anti-mill um because hatchback already has cards you can main deck that can make you put cards back in your deck so that's already anti-mill so the decker is already anti-mill anti-aggro right anti-attacking a lot but it's not anti-unison right per se um it's not anti-hand control per se um it's not anti-burn not anti-double strike or triple strike, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's like, it'd be interesting to see if they create a new leader that has certain effects that just makes it harder to do certain things. Because the way I look at Hatchek is he's kind of like Doomsday, right? He's meant to be a kryptonite to the meta, as it were, right? So since the game is largely aggro, like that's the core of the game is aggro, just attacking a lot trying to do a lot of damage real quick and then then there's control and mill and so forth and so forth um right then it makes sense that he was you know he started off the way he started off being anti uh, aggro but you know it'd be interesting anti you know control and you know burn and all that other stuff uh 
anti-auto win con, so you could literally not lose to the Beerus effect or some shit like that, right? You know, that'd be that'd be interesting. Um, Anti-graveyard hate or anti, you know, you get the idea. They could do different stuff with it. We'll see. But like I said, I personally don't see the game changing uh, that much. We're gonna get some new stuff that we'll be able to play and enjoy. And you know, long this is long overdue. You know, getting an extra card in the, in the game is something I've been asking for for a long time. And a lot of people are like, no, no, this game is not like Yu-Gi-Oh. So no, we're not gonna have that. And y'all wrong. I'm right, as always. And that's the end of the podcast.